Hey, everybody, listen up. Slow Toke Rodriguez says, sit down, grab a raw, twist a number, and get ready to listen to some Sidewalk Crew. You dig? Welcome to another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Look, uh, we had some technical stuff that went on uh, for the past couple weeks, but from today until Sunday, uh, you're going to get a new episode every day just to catch up with it. So just be prepared. Uh, It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And guys, we are out here for it. We're in the middle of the North Carolina Comedy Festival, and it's been nothing but amazing the entire time. Um... The update show is going to be crazy at the end of it all. I I just can't wait for it all to happen. So look, uh, guys, I'm going to get right into it and just say that, uh, uh, you know, I've been loving it. It's been crazy. I've I've actually been able to enjoy more of it this year. Pardon me for a second. I've been able to enjoy more this year than I have in previous years because I was actually able to get uh, time off work. So I'm not going to work, getting home, taking a shower, going to the show staying up all night, getting up, going to work, and just being a zombie. I'm actually, I I took the time to where I'm able to kind of chill and relax and enjoy myself during the show. So, um, guys, uh, we're going to get right into the episode. Uh, We got to talk to a young guy who's come down. His name is Brandon Crozier. Uh, He's a very funny guy. He's got some great jokes, great riffs, and uh, he's fun to talk to. So we're going to jump right into this episode with him. Remember our sponsors. uh, You've got W Energy that uh, sponsored this ad. So remember, uh, Jitter Free Energy. Check out W.GG. Use the code that comic tone to get percent off your order. But uh, check them out. But we're going to jump right into this one. I love you guys. We'll keep it rolling. Remember, for the next five days, episodes. Love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, it probably wasn't the first beer I drank, but Yingling was definitely the first beer I probably enjoyed. Like, I remember liking or, like, going out of my way to purchase. Like, if somebody was like, what do you want? And it's like, Yingling. Yeah. That was that was definitely <clears throat> that was definitely my college go-to. First time I drank it all, it was, uh, it was actually senior week. <coughs> so, like, after prom. And um, we're all just in, like, a Wildwood, New Jersey... Uh, like motel and most for the most part it wasn't beer that we were having but i remember there was like a cooler of yingling there and then my friend was just like yeah this is one of the i think he told me it was one of the more alcoholic beers like in terms of concentration or whatever and for the taste yeah i'm i'm, I'm quite sure yeah I and i was just like okay cool we're being hardcore right now anyway so i thought i was cool for drinking yingling but then it's and you know it's from york pa which is a shitty place but it's still not too far where I live, so if I'm know. not mistaken, it's the oldest uh, brewery in the United States, I believe. Where they make Yingling? Yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, so the the Yingling pups were like the first the first couple bars I worked into. So the mascot was like three puppies coming out of like a, a Stein mug. Yeah, uh, and like that was. And it, I remember we had a mirror, and it said "oldest brewery in America." Matter of fact, I think it says it's on the can. Well, America's oldest brewery. Okay. <clears throat> 
But I think they were. I'm pretty sure it's York. No, Pottsville. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, but yeah DG Yingling and Sons. They were the first. Uh, they were the first time when uh, I remember beer rep. So I used to long before comedy when I was doing other bullshit. Like yeah. I, I could work in bars because they always needed a door guy or security or a bar back always. Because I mean we got. You know, downtown Greensboro, there was, at the time, you had Bennett, which was a HBCU that was an all-girls school. You had A&T, which is still a HBCU. There's Greensboro College downtown right around the corner from the club, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, there's UNCG right up the road. Uh, there's uh, a couple technical colleges not far from either place. There's a bunch of trade schools. So, like, <coughs> excuse me, very college-driven area. Mm-hmm. So you always needed bar help. But, like, I think... The first time I remember beer rep coming in, you know, they, they usually have, like, swag they give out to the staff, which, you yeah. know, they they can't tell you, hey, you should pr- plug our beer, like, because of fair, you know, marketing act, but, you know, that's why they go in and they give you koozies and hats and t-shirts, because, yeah. you know, you're going to talk about the company that hooks you up. Yeah. That's why, you know, you send your homies to your, your bartender friend that, you know, like, doesn't, like, overpour, but, like, it's always a little more than a shot, or mm-hmm. it's always a really, like, a really good mixed drink, or... Yeah, you know the beers like got the correct amount of head on it because like if it's not no head because that's a terrible way to drink a beer. That's a, that's a great way to burp all night, but it's a, or just really good food. Like if I know you always you always send some or recommend somebody that you know you've got an in at, so they want to be your in. That's why they give out swag and shit. Yeah, um, but Yingling was the first like coveted swag I remember getting. Like I was like, oh no, this is like I t- I had that shirt for years, bro. A Yingling shirt. Yeah. I had a uh, a blue wave shirt, like wave vodka. Hell yeah! Did that because that was on that senior week. That was one of the other first things that we were drinking because it was cheap, and you know we were all in high school and people wouldn't have enough money. It wasn't like it was my choice, but it's you know, nobody's it was, choice. I was it was somebody somebody's choice because there was a lot of it. Me and my uh, me and my best friend for the longest time we drank uh, Burnett's flavored vodka. Because that's what he liked. And between the two of us, we uh, it's bad. It tastes like flavored perfume. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it's just, it's just, and it's not the worst thing. The worst thing I ever drank, uh, and there's there's two answers to this question. Uh, but the, the, the worst thing I ever drank uh, ever was aristocrat vodka. And it's, that's like well vodka. So like, to put it in perspective, a half a gallon was like $7. Is that like Vlad? Yeah. Yeah. But worse. Is like, worse than Vlad? I'm, yeah. Oh, man. And then uh, my, my least favorite thing to drink in the world is Rumple Mints. I think Rumple Mints is the devil. What is it? Rumple Mints. Rumple Mints? Rumple Mints. It's what chilled 100-proof it? peppermint schnapps. Uh, yeah, no. That doesn't sound good. No, it's not. It's it's almost gin bad, but at least gin's tolerable. Somebody, was that at Brewer's Kettle where somebody said they were, they, uh, Drank peppermint schnapps or something? I told... I was talking about Nick Pogue. I said, Nick Pogue's a madman because he drinks peppermint schnapps, like Jaeger. And I, or I specifically oh, said... Oh, Jaeger Rumpelmans. peppermint no, schnapps? No, 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 oh, no, no okay. not Jaeger. That was a... Because that was actually the first thing I've ever drank. <sighs> Jaeger. Robitussin. Yeah. It's Vicks 44, man. That's, that's, that's still my choice. That's my go-to. I, I drank a butt ton. We had Jaeger. Dude, so... Jaeger always had these gift packs. So, like, we would, like, pay people to get us the gift pack. So we all had, like... Like, I had a buddy who had, like, a pewter stag, like, fucking shot glass. I had uh, other buddies that had, like, rings that they had got off of them. Or, like, uh, we definitely had Jaeger shirts, but we had a bucket that yeah. had a pump. 
And yeah. we thought it was the coolest shit to be able to put your Jaeger in this ice bucket and just pump it up so you didn't have to. I might the have shots. a Jaeger pump still on me somewhere. I probably no, I probably threw it out because I moved like three times since I've gotten that. Jaeger was the first liquor I can ever remember drinking. Yeah, we were hanging out with a well, not the first ever, first, but ever. like well, the first time I can remember <laughs> this this particular experience. Uh, like I remember standing up and like going to the bathroom and it was me and some friends hanging out at this house. And like, I remember like the floor did this, like it, the floor just went vertical on oh, me man. and I like got my way into the bathroom and then I was in there for like an hour just shitting and puking <laughs> and like having the worst time. But that was, it was Jaeger. Jaeger was the first thing that made the, that made the world spin. And I should have learned, dude, I was like fucking 22, maybe 21, 22. Like ten years ago, yeah, just doing dumb shit. I, I mean, they were, it, I digress. It was fun, but in retrospect, like that shit, I couldn't do that today if I wanted to. Yeah, like I can't. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm only, <coughs> I'm not as many years removed from all that as uh, as you are, and I can feel myself slowing down already yeah 25 it, yeah dude it 25 is when i started pumping the brakes but 25 is yeah. also when i found cocaine so <laughs> <laughs> i haven't found cocaine yet i've had since i started doing comedy i had like up in richmond people would uh, be like oh uh, crozier you do blow and i'm like no and they're like you don't do anything and i was just like i guess not I, it's just alcohol and caffeine for me but vice is nonetheless like vice is nonetheless i have to drink uh, if I don't drink coffee, and I, I drink a a cheap, decent coffee, I drink Cafe Bastillo. Okay. I mean, I the way I do it is I if I have, uh, like, a significant amount of alcohol or, like, caffeine in a day, I have, like, a journal that I just keep track of every day, and I just, like, write down. So I know how many days out of the month that I've, like, used, like, alcohol or caffeine. And then I'll, like, like um last month, like, July, I, I went, like, the whole month, like, no energy drinks or anything, because... You know, I don't know, it's something I don't really play around with, I guess. Yeah. I, um, it's either a cup of, it's either a cup of Cafe Bastille coffee or a monster in the mornings for me. I had, what did I have yesterday? I think I had a, uh, did I have an energy drink yesterday? No, I didn't. I guess I can have one today. No, um, <laughs> I'm, last one I had was probably Ghost. I love Ghost. Ghost is good. They're the best. Uh, I'm actually sponsored by, uh, W Energy. W energy, yeah, I think I, I saw that on. Yeah. I, I was waiting to see like, to like a bunch of cans lined up. So it's uh it's uh, I'll I'll show you what's up uh, when we get off the air. Um, but it's uh they 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 come in uh, powders and you shake it. Okay. Uh, but it's uh it's the cleanest that I've ever. It like sometimes if I like drink too much Monster, I'll crash or like sometimes it doesn't do it for me. But like just it's it's definitely the cleanest energy drink I've ever drank. It's never made me fucking like buzzy, you know? Yeah. Like it's just like it to me it's like coffee. It's just fruit flavored cold coffee. Without the beans. So like just yeah. It's so much better than ghost, actually. It's yeah. So now, unprofessional coming in and mentioning other no, energy drinks. No, it's fine. I, I knew. I, I literally <laughs> just said I have a monster every day before that. Why? Because no. my wife purchases them and they are readily available. What other sponsors do you have so I can get them dropped? <laughs> uh, uh, Lucky 13 Tattoo Aftercare. Lucky 13 Tattoo? Aftercare. Aftercare. The, yeah, not the... Not the ta- there's a tattoo company here in Greensboro uh, that I know some cool people that have been through called Lucky 13. Golden Spiral. Sean Carey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Golden Spiral was good shit. I used to, uh, I used to have a, a Noah guy named Darren Hall that worked there. 
he uh, started a shop called Blood Moon with this guy, uh, TJ Poole, and his apprentice, uh, Luke Phillips, and a kid named Brandon Herrera. Okay. Uh, all the work, all the black and gray work that I have on uh, my lower arms minus what's on my hand was all nice. uh, Luke Phillips. I said if I ever get to a point where I have, like, I don't give a fuck money, I'm going to get a tattoo on that same hand, like your one-piece one, but it's going to be the Dishonored Outsider mark. I mean, that's, that, that, that's still dope. Yeah. That's still dope. Originally, I kind of wanted to be like super stereotypical and do the because I just thought it looked cool. Do like the suits of cards, yeah, like uh, across like where my knuckles were, and I was just like, nah. And um, this this killed two birds with one stone with me because Law himself is not only my favorite character, but like he's got symbols on his hands that are not his Jolly Roger, but they look mm-hmm. very similar to this. So this is passable, okay, for me. Like it's it's just something I wanted. Plus, I don't like hand tattoos. Like they're just. They don't last the way you want them to. You you have to get them gone over every little bit, or they wear off pieces. You just have to. Like uh, my buddy had a or has uh, a Green Lantern ring, and it took like four passes for it to like Green Lantern ring, like tattoos. Yeah, that's crazy. He's he's got a whole arm that's nothing but uh, like DC and Watchmen. Green Lantern. Well, I wanted to talk about this, and because this is in the public forum. And I've I need to answer for what I've said on on Wednesday, <laughs> on Wednesday you you hosted the Brewers Kettle yeah at headliner L A Preston yeah I've told you and other people that I've met L A Preston before and he said not nice things to me, and I go there and I and you know everybody does their set it's a kind of like a weird crowd L A does his thing and headlines and as everybody's leaving I go up and like say like bye to L A Preston even though like I have this guy who in my head is like. I've met before and is like basically called me shit like to my face like during a show and I'm and I'm like okay man like hey see you around like because you know even though it's one of the only negative things like overtly negative things and mean things that anybody said to me since I've started um it stuck with me and I and I like remembered it It it's like the big like tall black guy with the glasses and the hat yeah like got up and told me I sucked in front of everybody so I was just like I I wasn't gonna make a big deal out of her try to like punk anybody but I was just like oh hey man like have a good night he was just like oh hey really good job to me and I was just like what and I like did a double take a little bit and he was just like oh yeah no good stuff and I was just like oh okay didn't I see you up at like basic city like up in uh up in Richmond he's just like no and I'm like what he's just like but I did but the, the even more confusing part is he there was a different there's like an evil LA out there there's a bizarro LA that I saw at this one mic, who fits the exact same description as L.A. Preston, who went up at a mic after me and was just like, yeah, you're not funny. And just, like, said that, like, on the mic, like, did that to me. And I was just like, oh, damn, man. And But then I saw the real L.A. Preston in Richmond at the comedy competition, and I saw him on stage, and I was just like, this fucking guy. And then... And then, yeah, and then I just saw him down here. But then, like, you come up to me and you're like, oh, yeah, talk to L.A. Preston. I was just like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if he likes me. <laughs> and then I've talked to other people up in up in Richmond that are like, oh, yeah, talk to him. He's down there. I was like, nah, man. That guy. <laughs> and then it was it was a... Different L.A. Preston. There's a doppelganger. There's a doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. L.A.'s, LA's cool, man. Um, he's... He's a he's a he's a he's an eccentric fellow, but he's uh, he's up there working hard. He's grabbed a lot of yeah. venues, uh, for sure, and he's he's got some, like. I think the first couple times I saw him, it was just like I was like, huh, you know, because part of me felt like, 
like it was his act. I'm not saying it wasn't his act. But to me, like, the way he presented it was very, like, a set style at the time. Okay. When, and, what, when was that? Uh, a couple years back. I've been in L.A. for a couple years. Okay. Maybe two, three. Maybe. Because I just started, uh, August 9th, technically started my fifth year. August 9th, fifth year. Yeah. Okay. So, I've been... November known, 14th for me. Will be how long? One. One? One year, yeah. Yeah. It only sucks from here. Nah. <laughs> it's 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 the best worst thing you can do in the world like i love it like I've, I've come to the point where i love it it's and it's taking me and dude like at times it pisses me off because i'll be in like i'm not great by any means i like i'm not i'm not i'm okay ah, i'm okay okay because like to to do to hold a crowd you have to be okay so if you can hold a crowd you're okay most of the time. And, like, I can be okay most of the time. So, it's cool. But there are some people that I go up in front of, like, uh, J.D. Etheridge. Like, J.D. is so good. J- every, yes. t- every, time I, every time I see J.D. do it, I'm just like, I'm trash. Uh, but, I, I was going somewhere with that. I even, even I, at the time I spent into it, like, I was, I was, you've got, dude, you've got slicker shit now than I had when I was doing it. Oh, thank At you. the same point. That, that There's a couple jokes that you have that work great. And it took me probably about a year and a half to get... Some, like, I had stuff that got me laughs. Mm-hmm. But I could do four minutes and get a laugh at the end. And mm-hmm. then just draw out this long fucking narrative. Because I wanted to be Joey Diaz. That's what right. I wanted to be. I wanted to be this great storyteller. Like yeah. an Ali Sadiq. Like, you know, something. That's what, I, that's what I would love to do. I just got to figure out how to make it continuously funny. As opposed to like given this long exposition for punchlines. And that's, you know, that's where I'm working towards now. But I, I couldn't, like, some of, the, some of this stuff's good. I love that Shadow of Colossus bit. Everybody likes shit. the Shadow of the Colossus one. And I, I don't know. I don't have an and but, like, a but to that. I've, especially because J.D. we were just talking about. Like, J.D., like, I never really spoken to him at this point. Uh, but, like, it was one time after the idiot box, and I did the Shadow of the Colossus thing. And I've I've seen JD before. Like he doesn't really. I've never seen him at an open mic that wasn't at the Idiot Box, but I see him at the Idiot Box like every week. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's super funny. And I was talking to. I might have been talking to like Nick Pogue or something. And uh, he's like in like another crowd like around the corner, and he's just like, hey man, who did that Shadow of the Colossus joke? And I'm like, I'm like pushing past people. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was me, right there. And he was just like, hey, there you go. But and. But JD's one of the guys where sometimes I'll look, I'll uh, I'll have like a name attached to the amount of time that I've been told that they've been doing it for, as like a um, as like a uh, like that's the bar right there. And like I know JD I, when I I heard JD talking, I think he said he's been doing it for like ten years. And I'm just like, I think I think this year it'll be ten years. Yeah. So I'm like, out of all the people I've met, like that that that's like the person to beat. For like ten years, I'd say. JD's JD's fantastic. Um, JD's amazing. Even if I'm if, if I'm just like that good after ten years, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, J, JD's fantastic. He's 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 just on a different level, and he just he just figured out his own way through it. Goolsby's Goolsby's really Goolsby's so too. good. How long has Goolsby been at it? It's uh, longer, it's six, seven, eight. Him and Decker yeah. are about like six, seven, I think. Uh, everybody's along. Nobody's been doing it longer in the scene. I, I don't think than like 
Jenny, of course, Steve, oh, of yeah. course, but that, that we're counting improv there too. Um, AJ, improv and sketch. AJ is prolific in the sketch world. Like he's AJ, AJ Schrader. Which one's that? Uh, he he does the uh, he does the bit about uh, the time traveling car. And, is he a uh, shorter guy? Not 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 exactly. No facial hair. No facial hair. Kind of lighter. Yeah. Hair? Okay, yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I. He, he's that. he's he's energetic. Like we yeah, kind of do energetic. that. Yeah, we kind of yeah. do that similar. Ah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. He's better than me. Um, I know we, I know his voice, but I can't do an impression of it. Yeah, I can't either. We were all going around. We did like a Neil Hoover impression cipher at one of the last. That had, like, Nick Pogue does the best Neil Hoover. Um, he really That's just does. depression. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, were you there the other week when uh, I looked at Robert Every? I was like, "Do your best, Jim Ross." And then six grown adult men sat around a corner. I think, for, that was at Brewer's Kettle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like ten, fifteen minutes, just somebody stop the damn mouse. My God, yeah. He's broken in half. Rob Van Every. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was that was a weird one. I when I I went up there, so like uh. Uh, Sean hasn't been around for a while, uh, Sean Carey, and he, he was like, uh, uh, I, I'll still text him, though, and he was asking me, like, oh, yeah, like, do you think you've, like, gotten better, like, you know, in the time that I've, like, been away, or, like, because he would, like, he was talking about how it would be cool to see, like, actual, like, how progression works. works, and I was like, if there's anything in the last, like, few weeks that I feel like I've gotten specifically better at, it's probably having, like, the presence of mind like, in situations where things aren't going as well as they could be or, like, as, or, uh, or what I expected them to. Because that Brewer's Kettle uh, last one was definitely one of those instances where I went up and I'm like, okay, I'm going up after Sarah. This is going to be easy because most of the people in the crowd are already, like, with Sarah right there. So they're already going to be paying attention. And, and then she went up there and then it was, like, not quite as uh, what what any of them expected and then, then they were distracted afterwards and then I'm looking around and all the people that aren't comics are on their phones so I'm just looking at all these guys and I'm like hey I did all these jokes two days ago what's up and I'm like I, just, I remember I just like asked Matt like what he wanted to talk about up there but then instead of because there were it was a little irritating like seeing people like on their phones when there's only like six people in the audience but then I was just like I learned my lesson from Monstercade, man. You weren't, you didn't see my set at Monstercade, did you? I might have. I don't. So me being a, a ride bum, like I don't make it out to ever. Mm-hmm. But now with, now with Jughead's being there on Mondays, because I'll get a chance to double dip, then probably. But my set at Monstercade, because me and Jermaine got there before the rest of you guys from uh, from Jughead's. So Jermaine was already uh, was like on deck, like when I got there, and then I just went up like right after Jermaine, and there was a guy in the crowd that was talking and like being like loud and interrupting like through Jermaine's like entire set basically. And I was like a little, I was annoyed because I'm like, why do you keep doing this, man? And then I go up there and then he starts doing it with mine. And I'm just like, Oh, I fucking love that guy talking back there. I even liked him better during the last set or whatever. And then I, uh, and I'm just like being mean, like hoping that people are going to be on board with this. Not mean, and, to, mean does not always work. No, it didn't work at all. And I, I almost never, it's never worked for me. Never once. But, so, so if, if you but, can make them, if you can make them like you and not like him at the same time, yeah. but you have to be quippy, not mean. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not that great at it. Jenny's a master at it. Well, uh, I think they just didn't, a lot of the people are, because they were standing, because the guy was standing like 
on the side of EJ closer to the door, and everybody else was, like, in chairs over there. So they probably didn't even know, like, who I was talking about. And then the guy, and I heard the guy in the audience, he was just like, oh, I'm sorry, man. And then I felt terrible. And then I just start going through my jokes, and, it, and it's getting some laughs. And then I get a big laugh from him later on. I was just like, never mind, I like this guy better than the rest of you, or whatever. And I was just like, this guy's my new favorite. That's a good and way then, to bail. Yeah. And so I, I brought it back, but then I get done my set, and then I, like... I'm just hanging out, and I'm, like, next to that guy, and I can see that he is, like, mentally disabled, and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I was like, why did I do this? Well, see, the... the not what am I... Like, uh, what am I doing is in, I just singled this guy out, and, like, not why am I, you know... We were cool. Like, we toasted Coke Zero after that. Like champions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the champagne of Cokes. Coke Zero is pretty, pretty badass. Uh, yeah. A lot of these zero sugar, because, well, I, I think Diet Dr. Pepper is probably the best soda on the planet. Mm, mm -mm. I hate doc, Diet Dr. Pepper. That's one of my, my F-tier sodas. F-tier sodas? F -tier, what? No. Okay, so what's S-tier? Oh, that's a tough one. It's, sometimes it depends what I'm looking for. I'm not, I'm not, I don't drink soda too often, but if I do, this is going to, you know what, I'm just going to make myself look as bad as possible. I'm going to say it, RC Cola. Yeah, RC Cola is pretty pimp. Okay. Like RC Cola's pretty pimp. I I could yeah. I was I remember because I don't I grew up in in uh, I lived in Philadelphia uh, twenty two years, and um, uh, I didn't find RC Cola until I moved down to Virginia the first time. So then I would drink RC Cola and um, and then there was one time for like my little cousin's graduation like high school graduation I like traveled back up to uh, PA to see people, and I was just like, yo, look what I got, guys, and I just figured they'd never seen RC Cola before, and they're like, Brendan, what the fuck, why are you bringing RC Cola up here, and and my dad's like, that's what Mumum would buy for us when we knew she, she like, didn't have any money, and, like, everybody would be like, ah, oh, man, we're drinking RC Cola, it was like the government cheese of fucking sodas. That, yeah, but those are just Coke snobs, like, those are just, Coke, and not the kind of Coke snob I used to be, people, um, <laughs> But like you know, like they're just like oh, we were they were Coca Cola or Pepsi. They were just mm -hmm. they had hard opinions. That's the thing that nobody tells you about the olden times. Like we've always had hard opinions. Just they used to not fucking matter at all. Um, like we had hard opinions on what collect number we would use to call people, what email server was the best, and what soda was top tier. I used to. Oh, one of my top picks for soda used to be, it's not anymore, I can't drink it anymore, it was Orange Crush. Orange to, Crush was fire, dog. But it's that sugar water, man. It's like sugar water and like a little bit of orange juice in there. And <laughs> I mostly like gaslit myself into liking Orange Crush because that was like one of the slogans at the time for the Philadelphia Flyers. And I was a huge Flyers fan. And then I would see like a t-shirt with like a stencil outline of like Claude Giroux and it would say like Orange Crush or something on it and he's like I don't know he's body checking Sidney Crosby and I'm like hell yeah Orange Crush <laughs> and everything I had was orange like when I was in when I was like in like eighth grade through like sophomore year of uh, high school I everything I had was orange I was wearing like flyers snapbacks I had the like flyer shirts for like every day I, I had like all these different jerseys and I had like bright orange Osiris sneakers. You remember those? Yeah. I had like I was an iPad Osiris. guy myself. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, that was the fit back then. There's like old like pictures of me with like short hair at like six flags with like the Osiruses. And even my friends back then, 
like would be like Brandon. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? Mm-hmm. I was uh, so I I uh, I wore a lot of Fubu because uh, it fit. Fubu was before my time. I saw a picture of Kevin Nash with a Fubu like baseball jersey on yesterday, but I, I barely even I know Fubu from like people talking about it as an old thing in rap songs. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you ever just feel the age like lay across your shoulders? That's what that felt like. <laughs> that might be my Echo Unlimited. <laughs> That might be your Echo Unlimited, like that, the way I think of I, Echo Unlimited. I, yeah, probably. Like, I, I like Echo. Did you have kids in, in middle school and high school? Maybe not. I, but, like, when I was in, like, fifth and sixth grade, there would be kids at my, like, inner city, like, Philadelphia school who would be, like, be like, yo, what, why aren't you wearing Arrow or something? Like, Arrow Postel? Yeah. Like, people were huge on Arrow Postel and Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, man, yeah. We, I never we, had any of those. No, we had a lot of preps. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford it. The closest I got was PacSun. Uh, I, I, did buy, okay. I did buy some shirts from PacSun. I had a Zoo York t-shirt. I, all, all my skate t-shirts were probably zero. More specifically, mm-hmm. Jamie Thomas zero. I was a big Etnies guy. Oh, Etnies were cool. Yeah, yeah Etnies some, were cool. I think I had a pair of Etnies. Etnies in D.C. I used to only wear skate shoes. When I was younger, I, I wore I wanted to be a skateboarder. Yeah, I wore exclusively I, skate shoes. Never. I, I skated at eight two five. Uh, what was that? I skated at eight two five. That was the size of deck. I skated uh, usually Baker or Zero uh, or, or or Mystery. Technically, at the time, okay. like Chris Cole had a good Mystery board. Chris Cole was the fucking man, dude. Like Chris oh, Cole man. was the man. Chris Cole, Tony Cervantes. Was he in the skate games? Like uh, Battle at the Barracks. Like the games, like skate. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. That's... <laughs> I have no idea. See, you said skate. Like, to me, if I bring up that game, it's Tony Hawk. Like, Oh, man. But, I mean, I, I had Tony. I, I'm not going to act like Tony Hawk games are before my time. Tony Hawk games are great. I, there's, like, they're, like, a bittersweet part in my life. Is like, I had uh, Tony Hawk's, like, uh, Pro Skater 4, which was awesome. And uh, – that might have been one of the well. The only other Tony Hawk game I had was American Wasteland or American Skateland, one of those, uh, on the DS. And my dad made me return it uh, because there was something weird. Where it was rated E for everybody, but every time you would like drop, you would like fall off your board or something. It sounded like he was saying "motherfucker," like every time. And my dad heard it from like two rooms over. He's like, "What is going on?" Like in that game. And my, that was back, you know. When I was still young enough for my parents to be like, no, nah, you can't be doing, you can't be playing that <laughs> right now. I was allowed to play Mortal Kombat since I was in first grade, but like GTA and like any game, like any games that have like swearing in it, that was just like, what? Yeah, what like gore, gore was fine. Yeah, but the I was allowed heard, to fuck! dismember people, which is, you know. What's your favorite Mortal Kombat? Shaolin Monks. Sh- what? Shaolin Monks. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, if you wanted me you to You are a menace, sir. If you want me to pick a months. traditional Mortal Kombat game, uh, any of my friends who are going to see it, I got a lot of big like fighting game fans who like Mortal Kombat is is haram to them. And uh, but I, I the only Mortal Kombat game that I got into into that was like a traditional like fighter was uh, Mortal Kombat X. I loved Mortal Kombat X. I played a lot of that when I was in like junior year high school. Trilogy was my favorite. Mortal oh Kombat yeah, trilogy. Yeah, that was uh, that was the like the best version of Mortal Kombat three. Yeah, right? yeah, those were all awesome. I would play. My dad um, got me into those games because we had uh, on like 
PlayStation and Xbox, I think we had this. Maybe it was it on Xbox? I don't know. But we had Midway Arcade Classics. Yeah. Uh, and there were like four versions of that. But he, uh, but he was just like, oh yeah, here's Mortal Kombat. And then there was like Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3. Mortal Kombat, but they had the shitty version of Mortal Kombat 3 where there's like no, no characters in it. There's like they eight. Like, they yeah. like took out Scorpion. And it's like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, no, Trilogy was, uh, Trilogy was where you could play everybody. Yeah. Uh, I, I got really good with Noob Sabat. Uh, I got really good with uh, Cabal. That's one of the most embarrassing things about me. Like, I had this, I'm, I thought I was cool in, like, middle school or something, and I one of my emails that I still have is, like, boobsybot21 at gmail.com. After Noob Saibot, of course. Uh, so, our, our worst ones that we did were, we all played Destiny for a while. And I our, see. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that. I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to come out swinging right out the gate, but I had... Best game ever. Yeah. Best yeah, game no, ever. totally. Dude, I, Destiny was so hyped. My, I think my dad got me the, like, not the collector's edition, but he got, like, one of the, like, pre-order, like, bonus versions of Destiny, so it was, like, more than retail, and I, I think I had, along with it, like... One of the giant, like, game manuals. Because for some reason, they got people to think you would need something like that before Destiny came out. And then it was just Destiny. Which is still better than The Division. I'm going to stand by that. I hate that game. Because they came out around the same time. I've, I've played The Division. I enjoy the looting system in The Division better than I do in Destiny. The Division loots better. I hate that game, man. I hate games it loots like it. Better. I hate that game. It loots better. It's a weird shooter game to play, for sure. It's, I don't like the games like that where it's like... But do you play COD? I, or I will play, you play COD? Like if, I would play COD. Okay. I, you know, I, there aren't a lot of games that, are, that come out that I'm like just going to pay like full price for, especially because like, I used to do that when I, when I would regularly play like console games like that with my like PS4 friends like back when I had like I don't even have a setup like I couldn't even really play my PS4 unless I wanted to like hook it up to like the same monitor that my like uh my PC is hooked up to right now and then I would be in there and I would have to it wouldn't it, I don't know it would be it would be annoying I uh I I've gotten better at COD in the past few years than I have ever in my life mm-hmm. um we play a lot of Warzone me and my buddies I played a lot of Apex but Destiny, I, I religiously, since since House of Wolves from Destiny 1, I have bought every expansion up okay. until the last one. Something about Destiny. Uh, I think it was, I remember, I remember the date it was, because we, my friends and I say the date that this happened to each other all the time. Me, my friends, uh, you know, some, some, two of my best friends, uh, Christian, who I haven't talked to in a really long time, and uh, my friend Peter, who, you know, obviously in next month, I don't know if he's going to fucking watch this, but um, we all had Destiny, and we, um, we were playing, we, they had the timed raids where they, uh, you know, you had like, yeah, you can do this for another like three hours or whatever, and you get this loot if you beat it, and uh, it would be like, hey, you're very underleveled, and they were telling us, you're very underleveled, but, you know, obviously if you start the raid, it's not going to end uh, it's going to let you keep trying until you, like, win or give up. Like, even if the timer's over. Yeah. And we did that on, uh, I think it was, like, Devil's Lair. And we were on that... Who was the, who was the boss? Do you remember? So, the, there were three stages to it. And the second one was, like, the spider tank. 
It was like a it was like a four legged or six legged like tank that would like shoot missiles at you and like lasers. Oh, was it a fallen raid? Uh, I don't know. But where, where, where were you? I, Cosmodrome. I, I barely even. I, I remember. I don't even remember the first, the first uh, leg of it. But I remember there were three stages. The first stage I don't really remember, but it took us literally hours oh, to yeah. get past it. Yeah. The second stage also took us hours, but we, it was like it was more simple. And even though it was just a giant boss that would kill you in one hit. We, we didn't get as discouraged with that. Then we got to the third stage, and we're like, all right, we're going to be able to do this. And then it's just a bunch of elite enemies that would just all one-shot you and be running around, and you wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do anything. And we, were, we literally spent, I think, probably like more, maybe more than a work day on that. Like We might have been like 10 or something hours like into grinding this one raid, and we gave up at the end of the day. And, we, and it was on September 14th, 2014. And we say to each other, 9-14-14, never forget. <laughs> like, ever since then. And We've, uh, uh, I, I remember playing Kingswell. Kingswell took a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, the, the, I can't remember the name of the place, but there's a large warbine head that you go talk to that you actually find out is Rasputin. Uh, no, Cade died. Who? Cade. Oh. Cade 6. The, the, the Is character. that like a story character in Destiny? Yeah. Oh. So Cade 6 dies in the story. And then Lance Riddick, the guy who did the voices of Allah, died in real life. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I played a lot of Destiny. You ever played Borderlands? Yes. Because that's the other nightmare grinding story that I have. Is, uh, Borderlands 2? Mm-hmm. Do you also agree that that's the best one? I only played a little bit of... Borderlands 1. I don't think I played anything past 2, but it seems like everybody agrees Borderlands 2 is the best one. Yeah. I think that's where Tina shows up the first time. Tiny Tina? Yeah. She's in the first one, I think. She might be in the first one. I don't know. But either way, obviously the warrior, the endgame boss, drops the Inferno sniper rifle and the conference call shotgun. I wanted the conference call shotgun really badly. I as I played Krieg in that game, and we, my friend, again, my friend Peter and I, and the other Brendan in our group, um, we grinded that boss for, again, I think it might have, it was like on a weekend, and we spent an entire day just killing the same boss over and over again. We never got the conference call. And it's not even that rare of a thing. It was honestly more rare for us to spend as much time as we did killing it that many times and not get it. Just your RNG was low. RNG was terrible. And then my friend Brendan, who doesn't care, and he was, and he showed, he's, he just, because he showed up a few times, like while we were farming that boss, and he showed up, he's just like, oh, okay, you guys are still doing this? Okay. And then he comes back like four hours later, and he's just like, you guys still haven't found it yet? And we're just like, no. no. And we have it down to a science. We're killing him fast. And we're not losing. We're not failing any times. We just keep killing him over and over again. And then we just like, okay, restart, do it again. And just trying to get the conference call. And he turns on the game the next day. He's like a level like 16, and he opens a dumpster, finds the conference call. He finds the best gun in the game in a fucking dumpster, which is like a million to one chance to get. And then it's because y'all farmed all that RNG the day before. I think that's got to be it. The game felt terrible for you, so it was like, oh, okay. We bullied him in so many games. We uh, like we gave him shit for finding that conference call, and he was the kind of person who would take it to heart if we'd just be like, "Fuck you for finding that conference call." He would get oh, I'm so he would sorry. get offended. Yeah, he would be like, "I didn't even," but. <laughs> 
and he's just, I just opened a door. And then, but like he, there was one time, you you ever played the game XCOM? Uh, like XCOM Enemy Unknown? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Control a squad of like Marines. You're fighting off the alien invasion. It's like yeah. turn based. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not really like multiplayer like that, but we would all go over like my house or my friend Peter's house, and we would all like just make our own character, and we would all hand the controller off to each other and like control all of our squad. Same guy who found the conference call, Brendan. His character's a rookie, and they can panic when um, you know, when they get stressed and people are like start getting shot and everything. His character panics, throws a grenade at the rest of the group. We blame him on it. He has no control over it, and he gets genuinely upset. About, what the fuck, about everything. We're like, you threw a fucking grenade at us? And then we uh, we actually <clears throat> ritually sacrificed his character. We took him out into the woods and killed him with grenades. <laughs> and then... As you, know, you should. As was your right. He's scarred from all of us. I As still talk you. to him regularly. I, I, he's one of my best friends easily. <laughs> I, uh... The, the most exciting game news for me is probably the next couple years is uh, Metal Gear's coming back. <clears throat> the uh, uh Definitive Snake Edition. Eater. There, there's there's like a remake of the first three. The first three. Yeah. What's that going to be on? Uh, there's uh, I think everything. <clears throat> I think it's going to be on everything. But it's like a big package. You get like all the old school Metal Gear games with it too. Like it's like like you get Game Boy Metal Gear. At the risk of turning this into the Brendan's a fucking dork about video games podcast, I there was a stretch of time where I was the the best in the world at Metal Gear Solid trivia on this app Quiz Up. I, I, there was nobody who could beat me for like a stretch of time. And the only thing that stopped me was you could still, you could still not be beating everybody and still be like number one, just if you're grinding ELO like that. And that's what, like back in November, 2015, I still, because I could go on my account right now. I have the ribbon for it. And it says like best in PA. And it was just like, no, I was best in the world. And, but there was this guy. I don't know. That was it, though. But I could, I could like tell you back in the day, like how many miles that the Shagohod could launch a missile, and and shit like that. I I played on a lot. Uh, solid, solid's my favorite. Solid First is one? yeah. Metal Gear Solid is my favorite. Um, the the fight with Psycho Mantis uh, is my second favorite fight. My first favorite fight is ironically the first time you fight Ocelot and you just chase him around the um, tripwires with the Darpa, yeah. yeah, with the Darpa Chief. Um. I love, I love right before the disc switch, you find out Liquid's been mastered this whole time, mm-hmm. or at least for a set amount of time. Um, it's, it's my favorite game. It is probably my favorite. Like, I could play that forever. I have it uh, in, a, in my closet, in a box. I have a, like, a two-disc set with a... Nice. My case has got a little bitty crack in the top, and it pisses me off. But, <laughs> like, everything else about it's fine. Um... I do like Sons of Liberty. I think Sons of Liberty has the better story. I just like Solid more. Dude, maybe you're gonna you're gonna resonate with with me on this because there were, it was one time after the Idiot Box. It was like it was like Ethan, uh, Seth was there. JD, do egg Seth or White Boy Seth? Well, oh no, fucking Seth Payne. Oh, Seth Payne. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, 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 Kermit might have been there too. But, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, 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 no, he, he definitely wasn't actually. But it was, uh, it was JD and Ethan, and they're like talking about their favorite like Assassin's Creed games, and I'm like, who cares? They're Assassin's Creed games, and I go over there, and I, like I, 
uh, and people know who I am at this point. Like they've seen me around because I, you know, I try, I get there, you know, every week I can. And um, but I, I haven't talked to a ton of people yet. And I'm going around and I'm like, well, this is a good first impression. I'm like, these Assassin's Creed games are just shitty Batman games. And they're just like, what are you talking? And they're just saying like, and I'm like, Assassin's Creed. I can, I can like nobody that. thinks that franchise is like really that good, right? Like, and they're just like, what? And then they're like, what's your? And I remember like JD, I think like asked me what my favorite game was, and I was, I think I said like Super Smash Brothers Melee. And then he was just like, we're talking about two different things. I was just like, well, how about this? Like Metal Gear Solid Three, like Snake Eater. And he's just like, oh well. They, and then they were, they were dodging. They were dodging the conversation there because they're just saying like that's that's like asking like what's your favorite food and then you say like oh well, favorite fast food and and you say like oh lobster or something like that it's just like so you're admitting that I'm right kind of because you didn't say what's your favorite shitty video game you said what's your favorite video game hard opinions about Assassin's Creed I had I yeah I like the first one I, remember, I love the first one I remember playing the first one when it yeah. came out and I was like first two three are okay mm-hmm. after that it gets a little honestly. And I remember, and I said this knowing that it would piss him off because I was like, uh, honestly, you know what my favorite Assassin's Creed game is to play like right now? It would be it would be Black Flag. Black Flag is yeah. the shit, dog. <laughs> Yo. They were so mad. <laughs> Yo, on ships in the ocean, just singing sea shanties. Yeah, I'm just, like, that's, I could do that for hours. You just dock at an island and just fist fight sixty people in the town square, and then I'm just like, all right, it's like the same way I enjoy. Not to compare them because obviously GTA Five is better, but like that's how I play GTA Five. I don't play GTA Five for long stretches of time. I, I have it on, listen to the radio, get out, kill somebody with a golf club, and then turn the game off, and then I'm done. I haven't played a GTA since San Andreas. Really, like not even like at a friend's house. So the only GTA I think I've ever played is actually GTA Five. Yeah, San Andreas was my. I had seen Vice City. I'd played a little of Vice City at my buddy's house. But, like, the last, as far as if we're going, like, last of. Because I remember, I think it was GTA 3, it was a top-down. The first two were, like, top-downs. Yeah. They were weird. Yeah. It was, like, China, like uh, Chinatown Wars went back to that, didn't they? The one I, on the DS? I think so. Yeah. I think so. You only played San Andreas? I, I only played, from start to finish, another story, did everything San Andreas. Okay. Yeah. I never finished a story in, in 5. I probably got, like, halfway through. And then was just like, ah, I'm just going to kill people. And listen to I Woke Up in a New Bugatti while I'm playing as Franklin with my, like, LED, like, BMW or whatever I'm driving. I had a, I had a buddy who, so I am, the, the game that I probably put the most time in next to Destiny was probably Skyrim. And, yeah. And in real time, I have almost a year's worth of real time in Skyrim. Like, if you measured the amount of time. That's, you... You, and you're sure that it's a yes. year's worth? Yes. How do you know this? Because I've got the clock like in my save files. How many thousand hours is that? I have no idea. It's, that, I, it that's says like... one year and then gives me a breakdown of how much time I spent in that game. Like it goes up by, it literally goes up by seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years. What year did that come out again? 2011, right? It was 11, 11, 11, I think, when it came out? I think so. So if it's been out since, and you... <clears throat> there's no way you have a year. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Because I have a buddy who has the same amount of time and he's never completed the main story. Never completed? Never. It took me He a has long time. one shout. He has full Daedric He has full Daedric armor. He has Fuss and that's it? Yeah, that, one shout. My friend. I, 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 this is the shitting on my personal friends from high school uh, 
you know, shown out. But my friend Joey, I was I was just talking about uh, him yesterday with somebody else because he had like the worst setup imaginable. He was out of everybody in my group, like most of us were like pretty like big into games, like before we ever knew each other. Joey was the one that that wasn't, and he was dog shit at every game we would play. He was so bad at everything. I almost unfriended him like in real life because I played the entirety of the Portal Two story, like co-op story with him. I would play the Portal 2 co-op with him, front to back, and I remember screaming at him over the microphone, like, shoot the fucking wall, so that the portal, and it was, it was brutal, like, how nasty some of the, like, I got with him over that, but he, we would play Modern Warfare 3, we would, as a joke, at his expense, OG Modern Warfare 3, yes, and we would play Modern Warfare 3, we'd go into a custom game, and we'd play hide and go seek, and it's just like, Joey, we're not even gonna kill you, you just need to find us and shoot us, and then you win. And we would just stand in front of him and then just, like, crouch taunt and then just, like, walk away. And then he would completely lose us. And then we went over to his house, and he had, like, the worst setup ever, where he had his PS4 wired through, like, four different DVD players somehow. And so he has, like, two seconds of input delay on everything. It's just like, yeah, no wonder you're fucking terrible at everything. But was I... Skyrim. He had Skyrim. He returned Skyrim after, like, not even an hour because he couldn't beat the Dragon Claw quest. Like, the, the puzzle where it shows you what to do, like, on the item that it gives you. He, just, like, couldn't get out of the, the cave. So he just tur- returned the game. <laughs> he just traded it in. What's your, uh, what's your guilty pleasure game? I'm trying to think. I, I don't play a lot of games these days, but... Um... Side note, do you know what comes out November 3rd this year? What's that? The DS, or, um, excuse me, well, whatever it is now, what's it called now? Is, is it a DS? I don't know. What's Nintendo called now? Switch. 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 Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Switch reskin and resleeve of the best Nintendo game ever, and that is Super Mario RPG. Super Mario RPG? Yeah. And that wasn't on the Switch already? Mm-mm. What was it on, the Wii U? It was on the Super Nintendo. Oh, Super Mario RPG. Okay, I was thinking of Super Mario Maker when you said that. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I've never played it. Dude, it is the best. So it's it's Final Fantasy Mario. Okay. Like old school Final Fantasy Mar- Mario. So like a, like a, what's it called? Uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga? Bowser's Inside Story? Weren't those like RPGs? N- yeah, but not like DS? these. Yeah, I figured. But. Yes and no. But these are, these are, this is like OG RPG. Like it was, it was just absurd that a Mario RPG came out. The story was insane. Yeah. Like it was great. There, there was a puppet that was, you, you, like your first two companions were like a puppet in a fucking cloud that looked like White Kirby. Like, but it didn't like suck. It just threw hands <laughs> and could control thunder. I, my, I had a, I think it was Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I had, and my parents, or my parents or my grandmother uh, got it for me, and this, is, this isn't a knock against them, I, I don't know why I didn't just ask for another version of it, but uh, they got me a version of it that was broken, and you couldn't save your game, so I, every time I turned on that game, it was like life and death, like I need to beat this in one sitting, and I never did, and I'm sure it's just barely even possible, I'm sure street, you know, speedrunners, but I was like, I was probably like nine and I, I think Super Mario RPG is the first game I can remember, like, with the objective to beat 
Okay, no, that's not right. Mega Man X was the first thing that I beat beat, technically. It's the first game I can remember seeing credits on. Well, Biker Mice from Mars 2. I forgot about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't... I, it wasn't anything super notable that it, that was probably my, the first game I ever beat. Maybe... It, who knows? Maybe... No, I, pro, I don't think I ever beat Shao Kahn in any of those Mortal Kombat games. It, it felt like a huge... It was a huge mental victory if I ever beat, like, Motaro in... Dude, Motaro's hard, depending what? on what tower you're on. Dude, my dad and I... Like, I remember being, like, a little kid and sitting next to my dad, and he's, like, getting super fucking mad and that's terrifying when you're a kid just seeing your dad furious over that and um like us going back and forth like just trading like picking different characters trying to beat Mataro and every once in a while I'd see my dad beat Mataro and I'd be like oh my fucking god and that was like this is insane yeah that was like the last time probably I ever thought like my dad's good at video games because then we because then you fast forward and like back when we got the PS3 like we had the you know like assassin we were talking about Assassin's Creed um the tutorial where it's just it's just like like white you're just in the animus and it's just like a crowd of NPCs and it's just like all right hold X to go like this and like pray and just walk through a group of people. My dad just wouldn't read the side and he just keep trying to fight people and he's just like I need to kill them and he just wouldn't read the, the letters on the side of the screen. And he's just like what is this? What's going on? And he just wouldn't look at the giant thing that just says yeah just hold X and just walk through them. Yeah, just just relax, like, buddy. And I'm like trying, I'm like on the side because it's like if I if I tell my dad what to do, he's gonna freak the fuck out. So I'm just like, hey, man, you like try to, I think you, just, you don't have to fight that. And and he just never beat it. And then he just gave me the controller after like an hour, and I just like walk through them. He's like, what? <laughs> like that's it. This is crazy. That's funny. But I remember I was uh, I was still, uh, the first game I ever had for myself was Donkey Kong Country on the DS. Not the DS, the Game Boy. And okay, I never even beat the first world on that. And I thought, and I thought like six or seven levels, whatever was in the first world, I was just like, yeah, that's good enough for like an entire video game. And I like didn't even think about other levels being in that. Did and, you have a uh, like a Game Boy Color? Or a... uh, the Game Boy Advance SP. The one that open? flipped up. Yeah. yeah, that was the first handheld you had. Yeah, got them old. Oh, that was that one was sick, man. I Dog, love that one. My favorite handheld of all time is called a Sega Game Gear. Sega Game Gear? I can't say I, I've heard of it. It was the only Sega handheld, the only true Sega handheld, but it was the best. It had two Power Rangers games uh, on it. Power Rangers games. Yes, like well, it was like Power Rangers, like fighters. Like you could choose your Power Ranger. Like you could be, yeah. you know, other things. Like you could fight as fucking Zords and shit. Shit was awesome. Um, uh, fuck. My brain shut off. Uh, it's, but Sonic the Hedgehog two was on it. That was that was that's 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 been my longest. I actually have almost a complete run of Sonic comics from start to finish, almost. To Sonic comics? Yeah. Oh man, I've got a Rocket Raccoon number one over there. I, I make that. That was one of the last. Like I had a uh, like this this group of friends on on Discord that I'm still I'm still close with a lot of them from that because I used to be like I used to be like a semi pro like player in these uh in this game that nobody knows or gives a shit about called Rivals of Ether which is like a clone of uh Smash Brothers but caters to furries and it's not something I'm proud of but 
I see the I see the look on your face right now. That might be the that might be the one of the craziest things that's ever been said on the show, and we've had um, good, yeah. But uh, we're I, fucking we're we're like five six seasons in, dog. Like, we, I, we I have genuinely games. I have genuinely hateful things to say about that game and its community and a lot of the players. But I used to play that game. I used to like I like went to tournaments and all for that. Like there was one. I mean, if you're good, you're good. I would I was good for a stretch of time, and uh, for a stretch of time, I was pretty fucking good, and um. Shit, why did, why did I bring that up? I started talking about it because... Oh, yeah, friend, friends on Discord. And for a while, they were we were like the, the real-life people out of the community because everybody else is just like a terminally online, like, like degenerate, like in the community. And they're, just, they're all like just mentally ill furries and, and shit that are just like playing the game and are good at it. And then we show up and we're like, hey, guys, we have jobs. And then we were like that group. In the community, and everybody hated us. And it, part of it was, you know, I was a little bit of a scumbag online sometimes. But um, I mean, it happens. It it definitely happened a lot. And uh, but but then, like the the more time went on, that without us, but now that like I've I've seen them long enough to see them become those people, and like. And I've, like, gotten into fights because I'm like, you guys are reading the fucking newest issue of the Sonic comic on, like, like web comic, And then they're like, fuck you, crows. I don't know why you're... And then and I was just like, and now you're getting mad at me, too? And I, I was just like, this is... It. What happened to you guys? Sonic the Hedgehog is the shit, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it, it is the shit. Sonic is not the shit. Sonic is the shit. If you followed it from the from the entirety of, like, I've got, I've got trade paperbacks of, like, the Don't tell me you've drawn Sonic OCs before. No. Okay. They have. Well, okay. Well, then they're bad people. Yeah. But like, I enjoy, like, dude, like, there, there's stuff that I know that I'll never. So Knuckles had like a whole crew at one point, like that stuff that'll never make it over. Like, you know, Sharpie and like Knack the Weasel. We'll never see those guys on screen. I want the outro song to this to be the uh, the meme version of that Sonic Adventure song with Knuckles, like unknown for me, but it's like the meme, the Silver Gunner version. Well, I can. I, we, we might can make that work. It's like here I come, rougher than Knuckles. Yeah. Than, tougher than Knuckles. You can call me Knuckles. Unlike Knuckles, I don't... Yeah. They just keep saying Knuckles, but then it gets... It gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was sick at that game for a while. Because it's, it's closer to Melee out of all of them. Yeah. Like, with the movement and everything. It's like a streamlined, easy, baby kind of version of Melee. Um, but I was, for a while, like... Uh, the, I had a I had a roller coaster ride of a career in that shitty indie furry game, where uh, like when I first started, I was known that that's why like this like doing like mics and stand up has been so sick because everything I've done like leading up until this point that I've been like oh I want to try that I've been the worst person ever to start at, whereas like every I've shown up to this and people are like hey you're pretty good for the amount of time you put in and I'm yeah. like oh thanks man it's the opposite. And everything else. Where well, it's, it's like, I'm the worst person ever in so most of the things I do. When and, and this is just my experience. And actually, before we start this point, hey guys, look, uh, i got to pay the bills, so hang out for a second. We're going to play an ad. Let's go. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Chill out for a minute, y'all. 
But I'll tell you what, uh, having these conversations at these interviews sometimes runs me low on energy and gets me a little tired. And you know what keeps me awake and moving uh, when I get a little tired? That's W Energy. That's right, W Energy. You can check out W Energy at W.GG for the best tasting powder, shake your own, jitter-free energy that's going to keep you going, fueled for your games, for your podcasts, for your tabletop sessions, for those long Magic the Gathering nights. Whether you're on the road telling jokes or whether you're at home and you just want to hang out and watch all the Lord of the Rings movies at one time. If you want to stay awake, feel energized, and not feel that weird jittery feeling that you get with most of those other colorful energy drinks that come in a bunch of cans. Some of them sound like Pang. Some of them sound like Monster. But, you know, if you don't want to deal with any of those weird things, check out W.GG. And remember, if you use the code ThatComicTony, you can save 10% on your purchase. So remember, ladies and gentlemen, head over to W.GG and check out W Energy Drinks on their wonderful selection right now. They're doing specials right now where you can get uh, mystery uh, boxes and you can get their own uh, shaker bottles back in now. But it's fantastic. Remember, that's W.GG for jitter-free, long-lasting energy. Now let's get back to the interview with me and Fat. <clears throat> but what I found is... This is this is the one thing where so. Uh, this is uh, this will kind of be a tangent. Um, yeah. So like, a lot of people have a stigma about classes. Okay, a lot of people do. I took one with somebody who I think is fantastic. Like comedy classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like it was it was a thing where he didn't teach you how to be funny. You can't teach somebody how to be funny. Okay. If you can get a laugh, you can be funny. Like that's you know that's that's the juxtap funny right. But what he showed you is a writing process, and that's what I needed to strengthen what I was doing. And that's when I got to level up quicker in it. But in my opinion, the amount of effort that you – it's one of the few things that you do. It's like – it's literally like working out. The amount of effort that you exude doing it mm-hmm. will immediately reflect how good you're doing at it. Mm. Like if, if you record your sets and listen okay. to your sets – and write your and write try to write like you don't have to write every day that can be taxing but at least try to write a thought down every day like even if you thought it was funny yeah. like you might go back to it and not have any explanation for it but it might trigger something in your brain but if you have a thought well, a lot of those yeah just write them down just write them down try them and never throw nothing away there's every notebook that you see around here is jokes i think i t- i think i told you uh before, like, since, like, late January, and this was after the worst bomb I've ever had in my life that, like, just changed, like, I, like, I need to fundamentally change something right now or I need to just, like, give up. Like, it, I had, like, a really bad one Yeah, but you've done a bomb. Uh, but it was bad. And yeah, pe- they're all bad. It, no, this one was, I've bombed since then. Nothing has been as bad as this. And well, was that your first bomb? First bad one. It was the only, it's still like the only bad, bad, Did you bad, walk bad a room? One. No. Okay. I didn't walk a room, but I had like people who have like known me as the new guy are like now just like, what the fuck are you doing? Who the, get this guy fucking, su-. and like just, there was a, and it, the thing that made it the worst was it was the first time I ever got a positive introduction. Like, oh, he's been doing this for a while, like blah, blah, blah. He's been coming out. Like this is the first time anybody ever acknowledged that with me just doing anything and then i go up and have the worst set like ever and i and because i was at a point i was still in this phase where i think people were being like a little nicer to me because they knew me as like the new guy who shows up on mondays and uh people and so i would say new stuff that i hadn't thought of too much and it would usually go okay and i was just like 
this is fucking easy. I'm fucking great at this. And then I go up and just say a bunch of shit that, a bunch of like half-baked kind of thoughts yeah. about things that people would understandably be kind of sensitive about. Like the first joke I did was like, was about how like people from the North, it, it was a joke about uh, like b being a Northerner coming in contact with a Southerner and like getting the accent, like hearing like the Southern like kind of draw on accent and just being like, oh, that person's a rapist. And so, so there's this <laughs> phenomenon that happens with everybody who's new that feels like that you have to say this crazy because your favorite comedian says crazy outlandish shit. I, and what you don't take into account is that motherfucker's been doing it for 20 years. I it wasn't even that though. I was just like, oh, this is I can I basically was just like anything that comes into my cuz there were very few things where I've been like, oh, I'm going to say that on stage and I've said it and had have had people tell me that's not good. <laughs> cuz people have been chill with me because I've been a new guy. So I'm just like, oh, you're something else. Yeah, I'll go try that. And then I but then I did that and then I did a joke that was edgy that I did the week before and people were chill with. And it was about a show that actually existed called Black White. And it was in like the mid-2000s. And it was like, uh, and the, the way I set it up, and I, I'm probably going to do this one again at some point. But it was like, oh, because I, I would like talk about wife swap or whatever and be like, oh, yeah, wasn't that weird? Like back in the 2000s, they would do that. And sometimes they would like get like a little bit more like edge to it. And they would swap like the, the swap with the wives with like the white and the black family. And then they would like make it like trashy and like kind of edgy like that. It's just like I always wondered like what if they uh, what if they did that but they swapped the entire family and just had everybody wear makeup, and then and I did that, and then I'm like just just describing it, and then but then the the joke was that it actually existed like that is a show that so, happened so and it was produced by Ice Cube so ooh. and it won an Emmy for makeup. So what you're telling me? Yeah. Is okay. So here's, here's and add uh, two more. Echoes. So did they change the houses? Did I like so. did like the white people may, may, go to no. the, where the black people? I don't think they. So changed they just the stayed houses. in their neighborhood and got made up. I think so. Okay. I think so. I think the real experience. See, that's how they got away with it, because like it was just white people and black people doing Halloween in their neighborhoods. <laughs> is what that was. Because if they'd have went somewhere else they, where people didn't know them, they had the white people do blackface and go to a slam poetry event. They like would do shit like that. What channel was this on? I don't remember, but I know was it Ice, Cube, that Ice sounds... Cube was like an executive producer on it, and like because that was, I, that that was the way that but... was the way it was. <laughs> that was the way. <laughs> Walter Cronkite, and that was the way it was. But because then I did that joke, and that joke worked as much as I as I wanted it to for it being because it was still new even at that point. I did it maybe. Uh, like the week before I did it, and it was maybe like the second time I ever did it. I don't think it's the fact that it's new that hems you up on it. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's, but, I think it's the, where in the hell did I put my damn? Don't get old, man. Don't do that shit. It's, I had okay. What? I just realized I didn't have glasses on, and I was like, why are my eyes hurting? Oh. But because because then the joke I did after that was one that I have not tr been thinking about trying particularly since then because it was about uh. The, the the movie The Babadook. You know that one? Yeah. And how for a while on Netflix it got put into the LGBTQ section on Netflix by mistake. And and so then it was like a oh, like on Tumblr and everything, they're just like, Oh, Babadook gay icon, like haha, like funny joke and I'm just like, Okay, yeah, I get it. But then I would be like, Yeah, but you know, that shouldn't be 
like the the icon for LGBTQ and like you know queer culture because you know the Babadook is some like entity of like grief and like just darkness and then it only enters the family's life when the father figure dies and all that and then like I'm just saying all that and then people are people are already checked out at this point and then I'm like going into this one and then I think I remember asking. I was bombing bad, and uh, people were, like, telling me I sucked. And then I, like, I remember asking the host, and I was just like, how much time do I have? And somebody yelled, too much. And then I was just like, fuck. And then I started another joke. I was just like, well, I can't just leave right now. And then I was started a joke that would is now the one I do about, um, like, my blind friends. It was, like, the first yeah. time I ever tried that one. But I used to start it off with saying, like, as a white man, and then I started that, and then people were like, no, and then I was just like, all right, guys, this has been fun, I'm out of here, and then I was just like, Jesus Christ, that was the worst, that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're going to do it, I've had, I've had nights where I like, was like, right before I got on stage, I was like, I'm going to eat it, and like, the moment I started eating it, I'd just be like, all right, let's ride this bitch into the ground, oh, but a couple of my funniest bits came out of that, uh, but it was, now, when, when the Hindenburg was crashing, it was a tragedy. But now we can look back on it as a piece of. <laughs> <laughs> I that that's one of the things where it's like if I oh shit, um, uh, that's one of those things where it's like I feel like I could have had more sets that were similar enough to that if like what I was saying earlier with like the presence of mind now where I like start off and things are not going well, like uh like at Jugheads, um, you turn like, that around though. Jugheads was fun. I had a lot of fun at Jugheads, but I, I like, went up there and, like, kind of started off a little, like, weird, but I was, like, that was one of the, that was the first time probably ever where I went up and was just, like, we're just going to kind of call audibles up here and, like, see kind of what happens. That's then, good to do. That's yeah, good to, I just let myself flounder a lot up there. Well, because I feel like right now you got, and, and this is just me from seeing what you do, I feel like right now you got jokes. Now you need to see which of those jokes you can put like two or three of together mm -hmm. and turn them into bits. Well, I got, I got, I got a, I say, say bit. So the biggest bit that I have now is like, I string a lot of the like breakup and like ex-girlfriend jokes together. That's funny. That's how I've, I've been writing those. And I, sometimes I'll like write new things or I'll like look at older things that I've written and, and be like, oh, that fits perfectly into this. Yeah. Like, never throw nothing out. You, yeah. You'd be surprised what two-minute trash you wrote three years ago can come to like can turn into like three or four good tags onto something that you wrote out of nowhere. They ended up being on a similar subject. Yeah, no, that uh, because like the new because I've been rotating a lot of new stuff in, um, but the the problem, which I guess isn't really that big of a problem, is that a lot of it I feel like fits kind of into like the topics that I'm that are already there and like some of the older like more established kind of stuff I have. Which is like, because uh, like, the first time I ever, the first of all those like girlfriend jokes I ever did, well technically was actually, this is when I started bringing back now and I made it better, was the like, thank you next, like Ariana Grande. Yeah. I started doing that one a long time ago, because that was something that just happened to me when I was like in college. And uh, I was just like, oh, that's funny, I guess I'll just write that down that's for a good, today. That's a, that's a good, that's a good tink. But it, uh, I wouldn't. But I would just leave it at that. And now it's been getting like consistently laughs. Now that I've been adding in like the little like puddle of mud thing at the end. And uh, but the first thing that I ever so. But then I used to just do that, and then it would just like kind of bomb, and I wouldn't have anything else to say after. Or people would just be like, hmm. And then I would have nothing else. And then 
But then the plastic bag thing, that was like the first out of all those that I kind of got where I was just like, oh, okay, I like this one. And I, when I first wrote that, I wrote that as like a, like a, a mock Rodney Dangerfield joke where I was like, oh, I was, I was an ugly kid or whatever. Like, oh, I used to put like paper bags over my head and my, my mother, she was like, here, and she gave me a plastic bag. And then, you know, just that, that's how it, uh, that's how I like first thought of it. When, and then. Well, Rodney's, Rodney's good. I love Rodney Dangerfield. So who's, who's your favorite? Like if you had to pick like a Mount Rushmore I was of hoping comedians. Not the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore's tough, but. Uh, well, like just for you personally, because it shouldn't be different yeah. for everybody. I think the best ever is Louis C.K. And damn, I, I ever ever he's he's top ten. Top ten. He's top ten. Okay. I can. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I there's no way I'm picking nine above uh, above Louis. But I think, and I think the best right now is Shane Gillis. The best right now is definitely probably Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis is a madman. I was there for he's Matt amazing. McCusker's special. I love Matt McCusker. And I, uh, it's like all the guys I've like recently seen live. Uh, it's, it's like Louis, Shane, Matt, I would love to see more stand up from him. Cause I was there when he, like his new special just came out. I was there for that. And it, I, it was some of the hardest I ever laughed. And then, uh, Nick Mullen. And like, other than that, like, the first comedian that I ever was like really kind of exposed to where I like walked into like the computer room and my mom was like watching him and, and uh, I was just like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm watching like Brian Regan right now. Brian Regan. I love good. Brian Regan. I've seen him live too. He was hysterical. I love Brian Regan. Uh, my uh, Louis, I'd, I'd put Louis in my 10 spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Louis CK would be my 10 spot. Uh, Who's above Louis? Well, that's that we're getting there. Okay. I, we're getting there. I don't um, mean to rush you. Louis, Louis in my ten spot for sure. Uh, my number nine spot probably goes to Frankie Boyle. He's you got a, a whole top ten. Yeah, lined up. Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. I don't he's, even know he's, if he's, I a, heard. he's a comedian from Scotland. He says whatever the fuck he wants. He's amazing. Uh, Russell Howard probably right above him too. Another UK comedian. Okay. Um, I stay away from those UK comedians. Yo, Russell Howard's funny. Nah, Frankie Boyle, Russell Howard. John Oliver. Uh, Is it John Oliver? John Oliver. That's crazy. Oliver's, dude, Oliver's a madman. His stand-up is, in his early stand-up is a different level of stand-up for somebody who's performing at that level. Like I like he to had, imagine. John Oliver is a feature, when he hit feature level, was a god-tier feature comic. I mean, god-tier. I like to imagine, like, John Oliver in, like, 2004, like, just in Britain, just talking shit on, like, American Republican voters. Yeah, and he was doing it on Mock of the Week. That's amazing. nuts. So, wait, he was actually doing that? Yeah, there, yeah, he was, he, was, <laughs> he was a regular guest on Mock of the Week. That's where Russell Howard came from. Uh, Frankie Boyle was on Mock of the Week, too. Trevor Noah. Uh, I didn't see a lot of young Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah's not in my top ten. Okay. He's in my top 25, but not my top ten. He's not a stand-up, but I uh, uh, other guys who I just think are the funniest people to watch. Nick Roachford. He's with uh, uh, Sam Hyde. Yeah. Nick Roachford, so funny. Like his uh, the one of my favorite sketches ever is the MDE wine party sketch. 
But you're just like, I'm not going to invite your wife over and throw her through a fucking table, dude. And the, like all that shit. I love Nick. Nick Roachford, his impression of John Taffer from Bar Rescue. Yeah. All that shit he does. I love Nick Roachford. Um, but yeah, so Louie, Frankie Boyle, Russell Howard. I say Dave Chappelle yet. Uh, no, Dave Chappelle's in my, definitely in my top three. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so uh, Louis C.K., Frankie Boyle, Russell Howard, Richard Pryor. I've seen some. I've never seen an entire Richard Pryor special. You've got to watch Live on Sunset Street. I've seen clips of him and been like, "Yeah, that guy's that guy's he's solid." He, now, He's-okay. if we're if we're talking, I'm now mind you, I'm saying my top ten. Yeah. Like in order that I would listen to them, because there's one the one right after Richard Pryor. Nobody gets, but you have to, because it gets weird for everybody else at this point. So, you know, like I said, number 10 spot, Louis. Number 9 spot, Frankie Boyle. Number 8 spot, Russell Howard. Number 7 spot. Oh. We'll get there. <laughs> Russell Howard. Number 7 spot, Richard Pryor. Number 6 spot, Ralphie May. Did you say Ralphie May yet? No. Okay. Number, number six, 6 is Ralphie May. May. Okay. Number 5 is J.D. Etheridge. Okay. Real shit. My, it's okay. Real shit. J.D. Etheridge. Number four is George Carlin. I gotta shout out some Richmond guys before I'm done with you. No, number three is Dave Chappelle. You said George Carlin, three. George, no. Number four is George Carlin. Number four, Dave Chappelle, three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tom Segura is number two. Okay. I have since we talked about Tom Segura, I did watch some Tom Segura clips, and he's not like he's not my guy, but I was just like, all right, yeah, I like. Him. Tom Segura. Yeah. And uh, Randy Feltface, number one. Randy, R- Randy Feltface is my number one comedian. I will, okay, so I can, oh, shit. I'm pretty sure I can get away with this without, like, getting deplatformed or something. I mean, because we're audio only, so it's like, it's not like they're, and we're okay. on Spotify, so it's fine. And it's, thank you, Spotify. Dude, for, I have my own podcast that I, like, have just, like, I'm just, like, pirating, like, licensed music and just playing it on my Spotify. Like, every I, episode I did. <laughs> I mean, hey, if it works. I don't think they took it off. I just, I just want to make sure that like it doesn't, it doesn't kill the the little bit of sponsor flow that I have. Yeah, we don't want to. Do that. <laughs> oh, your affiliate link's not working now. <laughs> it's really like, good. Shit. Ghost energy. Now, mind you, uh, so that that's my that's my top ten as far as like the way I'm gonna watch them. Ron White is also a tie in there, and so there's I have that top ten, but then yeah. my S tier is Ron White, Joey Diaz. Uh, which my S tier is like, so there's a top 10 and there's your gods. Yeah. Uh, Ron White, Joey Diaz, and Ali Sadiq are. You should get Seth Payne to be like your clip channel guy for me. Uh, well, we gotta, we gotta buy cameras first. Yeah, well, you know, they just have like uh, photoshopped images of like your face on, I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. <laughs> and then like that'll be just like the thumbnail and people just listen to it. Get down. Do it now. Put that cookie down. It's not a tumor. I'm a cop, you idiot. Yeah. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get down. What are you doing? Why is your face over there? Because I'm screaming. Why are you screaming? Because there's a bomb. I I would love to hear him say uh, things that make no sense. Like, uh, what color is your hair? Do you see my bicep? Would you like to touch my belly button? You know, like fucking... Who would you, whose material would you most likely, who, who, like, would you most like to be heard be done by Arnold? 
like out of people that you would see at like the idiot box? Neil Hoover. <laughs> so this is <laughs> just screaming about Guardians of the Galaxy. It this triggered my post-traumatic. <laughs> this is the best comedian in the world to me, and I have to. So before I play this, I have to shout out Eric Trundy. Eric Trundy turned me onto this. Uh, I hope you get to bump into him one day. He's he is the best. He is he is just like the best. But he he turned me onto this, and I'm gonna skip to one specific part in this because I can only get it. But this is this is our Randy Feltface. I think he's the best comedian on the planet. I will sell it someone. And he's he's a puppet, and he's a better comedian than anybody I know. I remember you talking Mr. about. Mr. Shake, stubble, glasses with design frames, expensive, uh, bleeding from the face. Here's how this shit went down. I go into the house and I notice two things immediately. One, this is a house in the throes of renovation. Nothing too extreme, but there's like. Drop sheets on all the furniture, there's freshly painted walls, there's a bathtub wrapped in plastic in the hallway, awaiting installation. Someone's doing work on this house. The second thing I noticed, on the way up the stairs to the second floor... An emotionless puppet, you can see the emotion in his face. It's crazy. A very cleanly shaven Morgan with a very beautiful bride. Very much in love. The photograph is very much on the floor and the glass in the frame is very much smashed. She's not dead, she's left him, and the plot begins of it all for Morgan. And as Morgan unceremoniously, like, kicks the photo frame to one side on the way up the stairs, I really wanted to pry into Morgan's life and ask heaps of inappropriate questions. But he was clearly a broken man. He had this terrible air of sadness around him, so I didn't want to intrude. Luckily for me, though, I didn't have to because Morgan immediately began oversharing and told me the whole fucking story. Thank you, Morgan. I should hang off your every word and then retell your tale to 200 strangers and record it for a fucking DVD. A graphic designer. Yes. And he's really good at it. He does like massive rebranding campaigns for large corporations. He gets flown all over the world doing this shit, right? <laughs> About four years ago, a woman hired Morgan to rebrand her florist business, and he did such a great job, she married him. And he thought everything was just fine. Until about three months ago, Morgan had to do a presentation in Sydney, right? But he was on his way home from overseas and he got stuck in Dubai due to a flight cancellation. So rather than cancel the meeting, Morgan suggested to these businessmen in Sydney that they do a Skype chat because he's so technologically savvy despite his fucking baffling text message style. <laughs> so Morgan checks into a hotel, cracks open his laptop and starts Skyping with this room full of businessmen in Sydney who are all watching Morgan on a massive screen on their boardroom wall, right? And everything's going great. Morgan is totally nailing it until about halfway through, he realises that a file he wants to show these dudes is on the desktop of his home computer back in his home office in Melbourne. And he decides to live share the desktop of his home computer on the Skype chat. 
He knows how to do that. He can control his computer remotely from anywhere in the world. It's not particularly new technology. But Morgan makes it sound so impressive. So this room full of businessmen are all watching keenly like, oh, Margaret, bring in some biscuits. There's some new fangled shit going on. As Morgan clicks a few buttons and brings up the desktop of his home computer on the Skype chat. Now... What Morgan doesn't realise is that his wife has been using the photo booth app on that particular computer to take pictures of herself. To take naked pictures of herself. To take naked pictures of herself, you're doing some pretty fucked up shit. It's embarrassing to say the least. Just as Margaret came back in with the biscuits, I brought you the... familiar with the photo booth app will know that how it works is it accesses the built-in camera in your computer and with a click of a button takes a photo of you when you're standing in front of the screen. And if you know that, you'll also know that if you leave that application open, the camera also stays open. This is like, Witnessing it's, 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 it's an amazing, it's just so... In real time. Such as your wife, in your home office, fucking your best mate. <laughs> Morgan then goes on to tell me she's keeping the house, his former best mate is moving in, and while they're out for the day happily shopping for fittings, Morgan must suffer the indignity of moving his shit out and selling the stuff they don't want on Gumtree to this guy. Hey. It's at this point of the story that Morgan starts crying. He breaks down, and I do not blame the man. It's fucking horrible, and I just want to give him a big hug and say, everything's going to be all right, Morgan. But I am holding the full weight of a bookshelf halfway down the set of stairs, and Morgan is the only thing stopping that bookshelf from caving my face in. I was like... So that's the best comedian on the planet, in my Randy Fellface? As far as I've watched, yeah. But he is not... So, my top ten is a completely different conversation for what I would consider a goat to be. Okay. Um, I think the goat is Chappelle. You think so? I think the goat is Chappelle and then Richard Pryor. I'm still going, I'm still going with Louis. Louis. Louis's not my goat. Louis, Louis, great. Louis, That's my a, goat right there. Louis, amazing. Louis. I used to say George Carlin, but at, like as I've gotten older, like George Carlin's like some of his material is like a little. Uh, I don't know. It it does, it really doesn't do it for me anymore. Some for of, me, some of his stuff, but for, I still can go back because I didn't want to. I don't want to completely like write him write him off because like summer twenty twenty one, I listened to a ton of uh, stand up and. Uh, Summer 2021 was honestly kind of like what 
was like the beginning of me thinking like, how does this kind of work? Like, how would I even try to do this if I wanted to, if I wanted to do it? And then, um, which is like over a year removed from my first open mic. Um, but I remember I listened to a ton of uh, George Carlin and I even had, I had the app Masterclass, which had like uh, the Steve Martin's like comedy thing on there. But like, I'm going to kill this last one. Hell yeah, go for it, man. Just have an ass. Y'all, Brandon Crozier came over to not play, y'all. I had a, yeah, man. It's a 1 p.m. time to crack open a yingling, man. Uh, it does it. But yeah, I listened to a ton of I to a ton of George Carlin, and some of it was like some a lot of stuff I used to like when I was you know maybe I found him when I was like also like an edgy like atheist in like middle school. Yeah, was like I rolled my eyes at a lot of it now, but he you know obviously still a great. Like, uh, some of the stuff... Some on of his wordplay is... So, like, uh, he had one about how the English language was silly. People would be like, get on the plane, get on the plane. He'd be like, fuck you, I'm getting in the plane. Like, shit like that. Very good. Yeah. Um, I've never fucked a ten, but one night I fucked five twos, and that should count for something. There you go. Uh, yeah, Carlin, Carlin, Carlin's my number three. Um, I had a soundbite that I used in, like, a shit post I made on YouTube that was... Uh, that used, I think, might be the last special he did. With, what it's bad for you? Yeah, it's all bullshit and it's bad for you. And um, he was his bit where he's talking about crossing people off his uh, his phone book that have died. And he's just like, "Fuck you, you're dead." And I I like that bit a lot. He's he was he was amazing. Uh, I I found the man through uh, the first comedy thing I listened to was when we first got a computer, my granddad showed me some George Carlin. And that was the first comedy-related thing I can remember listening to. But that that started it. If I think back on it now, like, it makes sense I did what I did because I went from, like, playing music to wanting to do stuff in front of people to just, like, to where I am now. And it's uh, it seems really logical to me to make it here. You had J.D. Etheridge on your... Uh... On your on your list, and you know, obviously, this isn't a knock against JD because I love JD and he's hilarious every time I've seen him. But like, that's like a guy that you know because you show up to like local things. Well, JD, so JD's done a little bit of touring. Yeah, J- JD's JD's been a, a feature. For- but I'm saying like the average person, like if you go like talk to somebody like out in the parking lot right now and be like, "Yo, what's your favorite like JD Etheridge thing?" Like, obviously, like, the average well, person. To, yeah, yeah, to be fair. Like, yeah. someone's going to, like, if you see, even if they can't, like, recite a joke from, like. But like, then then again, that's me That's me saying in, like, comedians I'd like to watch. Yeah. Because I always like watching him, like, yeah. in the order I would watch comedians. And this isn't, and this is just my way of transitioning into just, just sucking off the people that I was up in Richmond with. Because, like, I know what you mean, because there, uh, I would talk to. I like talk to my fucking like parents or whatever and be like, oh, I saw this guy special and like blah blah blah. I liked it. It was just like, oh, well, I was at like Bottoms Up Pizza on Monday and like fucking Tyler Bauer told this joke and I was just like, oh yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Because there was like a lot of guys that uh, up in Richmond where I was just like, oh, these guys are. Because when I first started, the first time I ever went to an open mic, I went with my, I went with my ex girlfriend who was my ex girlfriend at the time. 
but we were still stuck living together. And, or no, no, actually, no. We, the first time I went to an open mic, it was like in our last legs of the relationship. And we went to the open mic and we were still together and we went and everybody who I know now personally, like everybody up there had a terrible set. They bombed. And like me just being an outsider, I was like, these guys fucking suck right now. And, um, I, because, and I was already thinking about doing an open mic and I was just like, okay, so I saw all these guys bomb here and I saw like these guys, it was like, none of these guys are any good. And I was just like, this is going to be where I'm going to do my first open mic is basically what I was thinking when I went up there and it was at, at bottoms up pizza, shout out Mary Jane French. And, uh, uh, I saw a bunch of people who I think are fucking good now because, you know, I understand how it works more and I've just like seen them do well since then. But then by the time I did my first open mic, like where I actually participated, my girlfriend who is now my ex at the time had to drive me there because my car had a flat tire and I had no way to get there. So I'm there with my, with my ex and I am now at this place. And it, uh, and I had like a good set, like the first mic I ever did went very well. And then the second mic I did, which was the next day, cause people came up to me and like, Oh, this is the first time you did this. You should come out tomorrow. And then I didn't know how much of a trap that was because I went the next day and it's like exclusively comics there. There's like eight people that are just watching me and I'm just, I just bombed badly. And I like tried some new stuff. I did like an impression of of Trump on Epstein Island, like hitting on a 14 year old. And then, yeah, yeah. Not that one. No, nah, no, it was, it wasn't even that bad. I, I'll probably try that one again, man. Fuck you. I'll, next time at Brewer's Kettle, I'm, I'm coming with the, with the Trump Epstein Island impression. I'm and saying I, that that's probably you know, like a Tim Dillon joke. I'm going to wink at you after I do it. <laughs> I'm be like what a beautiful 14 year old. Oh God. <laughs> but I did the, but I didn't even do my own Trump impression cause I can do it. And I, I did the like Shane Gillis Trump impression where he's like, where he, and I literally just bit Shane Gillis's bit where I came and I lit, I said it word for word. I said, I walked in, I said, wow. And I like did it like that. And then I'm sure, and afterwards I was like, I was sitting down. I was just like, they probably have all seen that fucking thing too. The yeah. thing that I'm referencing. So for sure. And then, but yeah, that was, that was the fucking the beginning of it, I guess. So Monstercade, uh, when I first met Hans Kim, he was hanging out at Monstercade. Hans Kim. Yeah. No, cause you, so you were talking to Hans Kim at Monstercade? I'm, he was there. He's he's from Virginia though, right? I think so. Because I've known I was hanging out with people up in Virginia. Shout out Brian Williams, who was <laughs> was talking about. He's like, oh yeah, Hans Kim. He's like a he's like a cool guy. Hans Kim was hanging around Monster Cade, yeah, like for a while, and then he ended up he was living in his van, and yeah, but Austin, and now he's wearing two Rolexes at a time because that's the amount of money he had. Yeah, like a fucking gangster. Shit, we gotta. We, we should gotta. rob Hans Kim. Negative, sir. Negative. He's around too many this is people a with guns. Too many people with guns. We have, we are going to rob Hans Kim in the future. It was us who did it. Hans, I swear to God, if anybody robs you, I, it wasn't me. It was me, Brendan Crozier, and Tony Rodriguez. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> we, my lawyers are gonna be so mad <laughs> when this airs. They're gonna be like, "What are you doing?" Be like, "I'm sorry." Well, uh. Appreciate you coming by, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks uh, for having me, some, Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, for sure. 
So, guys, remember, uh, you got to come check out Brennan. Uh, he's usually at Brewer's Kettle with us, comes into the box when he can. I go to Brewer's Kettle every week that I can. I go to Idiot Box whenever it's open. I go, I'm probably going to keep going to the O because that, that was fun and I like Stephanie a lot. I'm going to, if Jugheads and Monster Cave keep being a, a double dip opportunity, I'm going to keep doing those and uh, uh, I'm going to be annoying. Shout outs to Charlie Waring, Monty Giles, Tyler Bauer, uh, Mary Jane French. Uh, and uh, I'm drunk, so I can't think of anybody else's name. Uh, Skylar McClellan and Louis Carroll. That'll be a, a funny rotation. <laughs> well, guys, uh, if if you want to check out cool, uh, get like like so. Brennan's just got down here, and he's he's had some some good sets, and uh, it's it's fun to see him become a part of uh, this little scene that we got going on down here. And if you like uh, hearing like conversations like this and the funny stuff we talk about. Uh, like on my podcast here, then uh, remember, uh, check out my home comedy club, my favorite place in the world to do comedy, and that's the Idiot Box Comedy Club in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, they do open mics every week. It's the littest open mic in town. Uh, it's on, well, it's most mostly every Thursday. It's the littest open mic in the state. Uh, head to Eventbrite or check out idiotboxers.com. Uh, that way you can uh, secure your spot for the open mic. We do that every week. There's shows every weekend. And remember, the North Carolina Comedy Festival is coming up September 1st through the 10th. I will be on September the 4th and September the 6th, both at the Idiot Box, uh, one at 930, one at 830. I think the 930 is that Monday or 925, and the 830 is the Thursday show. Um, so no open mic that week, unfortunately, because of the festival. But, uh, you know, there'll be plenty of shows and stuff going on. I believe there are still a few Fest Passes left, guys. Um, you can spend $27 on a Fest Pass, and that'll get you into any non-sold-out show at the Idiot Box. It is a great way to spend 27 bucks, uh, especially if you're going to be in here in Greensville. I mean, the Folk Fest is going on at the same time. I think P-Funk might be back. They were here last year, dog. They fucking did a free show last year. Shit was amazing. Uh, so the Folk Fest was going on at the same time. There's usually a bunch of food trucks downtown. It's a great week to be downtown in Greensville. September the 1st through the 10th. The 1st through the 3rd is improv and sketch, and then comedy domi- or stand-up dominates the rest of the week. Um, we go till that next Sunday, so check us out for that. We've got shows all that week. Some of the greatest headliners in the country. Uh, Cam Wiley's coming down. He's one of the greatest sketch guys. I've ever got to work with, uh, you know, AJ Schrader, Bob Bashir, Trouble with Shapes, uh, the Idiot Boxers crew, Channel 13, um, and just a bunch of comedians like Bailey Pope, uh, Danielle Thoreau. I thought it was a bug, it was ash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ash in here. I smoked a reefer. Um, <laughs> bunch of, uh, Bailey Pope, Danielle Thoreau, uh, Drew Davis, Dougie Almeida, uh, Momo, um, of course, all your favorite idiot boxers and all your favorite locals from around here. Uh, so please come check us out for that. Um, and then of course, you know, live to laugh comedy on, um, <clears throat> live to laugh comedy on uh, Instagram, uh, live to laugh. Uh, we do uh, a lot of weekend shows with the Brewers Kettle in Kernersville. Um, and we also do uh, a new mic at Jugheads. And then we have our Saturday shows that we do once a month at Brewers Kettle. And uh, we're doing a few more at Greg Gables. Uh, you can check out live to laugh comedy on Instagram for those dates coming up as well. Um, so, uh, what I do to close out the show, uh, is, uh, I usually ask people a couple questions and they're just fun little quick response questions. Like first oh, words shit. that comes to your mind. Fast money. Uh, fast money, fast right. money, except, uh, I do it, a, I do it a little differently. Uh, so a lot of people ask me like, Tony, why don't you get an interview? And everybody's like, Johnny Carson, cause he was funny. I'm, no, what fucking Carson. Uh, was it Craig Ferguson? You're closer. Uh, but for me, it was James Lipton. Uh, James Lipton, I thought was a very thorough interview. I really enjoyed watching inside the actor's studio. Which might be before your time, um, but uh, Jim, at the end of all of his things, he would ask this thing called the Pivo Questionnaire, and it's just a fun little litmus test. Until TLC and Bravo tell me otherwise, I asked the Pivo Questionnaire, 
to everybody that comes on and just, you know, quick response answers. First thing that comes to your head, just a few questions. So Brendan Crozier, what is your favorite word? Uh, usurp. What is your least favorite word? Uh, um, Diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) (laughs) What, what stimulates you creatively, spiritually? What turns your brain on? Nick Mullen clips. What turns you off? Pet kinks. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, fuck. That's my second favorite one. Okay, okay. <laughs> the other one's another rap word. Yeah, good Good call. Good call. Go. Good call. <laughs> we know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we know. Um, if you could plug and play into anything in the world, like a flash drive, like if knowledge, skill, physical prowess, power weren't, uh, weren't uh, a stopper in anything, if you could just plug and play into anything in the world that you could do that you would want to try, like you immediately were able to do whatever, like, and you could pick one thing on the planet that you've always wanted to try, what would that be? Uh, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I think you're the first person that's ever answered that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what, uh, opposite of that question, what would you absolutely never do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the point. Uh, 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 of, um, <laughs> selling life insurance. <laughs> and finally, if God exists. What would you like to hear that entity say to you as you entered the ultimate bliss of Nirvana? So I, so uh, I need I need a little bit of clarification. This is like, so it's already decided. If, if that there's I've, a, if there's an omniscient being, if there's an omniscient being, but like it's like decided. So I'm I'm thinking about this in like heaven and hell. Like this is is so it you, decided? You have a ticket like, to paradise. You're 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 walking oh, into paradise. I did it. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah you did it. I, he could call me a piece of shit, and I probably wouldn't care at that point. Um, <laughs> he's just, God's just mad that I squeaked into heaven. I probably wouldn't even care. Um, but if he said, hey, man, you had some of the sickest rivals of Ether highlight reels, man, I would be like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. All right, that's Brendan Crozier, everybody. Appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, remember, guys, uh, Sidewalk Crew every week. Uh, the panel's coming back soon. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Check out uh, that comic, Tony. Um, you know, uh, follow me on everything. We'll make sure we put Brandon's handles on here too, so you can follow him and uh, keep coming up to Mike's. We love you guys. Thank you so much. See you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Uh, it's so great to have you. Um, once again, my name is Tony Rodriguez. I'm a local comedian from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I'm a young aspiring comic. Uh, I am taking bookings currently, so if you are a booker and you found a way to this show through recommendation, uh, please get at me through my email, thatcomictony at iCloud.com, to reach out to me, um, and uh, that'd be fantastic. Also, if you'd like to uh, come on the show or you think you have an interesting story, you can check me out at uh, thatcomictony at iCloud.com. Also, um, I'm also thatcomictony on all social medias except Facebook, where I'm Tony Rodriguez. Um, And it's a picture of me on stage at the Idiot Box Comedy Club, if you're trying to find a reference to that. Now, while I've got you here, before you get out of here, I'd like to say some cool stuff about some friends of mine. Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please uh, like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, Also, please uh, check out the following. Uh, My buddy David Goolsby, a.k.a. Gooop, has a podcast called The Ooop that he releases on Mondays here on Spotify. Um... 
Also, uh, the Creative Businessmen Studios on YouTube, they have several amazing shows, um, including The Creative Businessmen, uh, Dumbest Time in the Room with Tom Simmons, and Never Been Happier with Eric Trundy. Um, they also have this show called The Mike and the Machine with Craig Boudreau, uh, and, uh, you know, they're great, great people. Um, uh, I get to work with all these guys a lot, and uh, we have fun with them. Oh, there's also uh, The Moments with Jermaine Colando. Um now, uh, Guwap and the Uwap are available on Spotify. I believe uh, the Creative Business Studios has some episodes on Spotify, and I think Jermaine might have a couple on Spotify. But you can find the Moments with Jermaine Colando and all your creative business and all uh, the Creative Businessman Studios um, podcasts and shows on YouTube. Uh, the Moments with Jermaine Colando is how you get at him, and uh, search uh, the Creative Businessman Studios to find shows like Never Been Happier, The Creative Businessman, and Dumbest Time in the Room. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out my friends' podcasts. And if you're in Greensboro and you'd love to come see some fantastic comedy, please, like I say at the end of every show, check us out at the Idiot Box Comedy Club. You can find their information on Facebook, um, the Idiot Box Comedy Club in Greensboro, or on their website, idiotboxers.com. Thank you so much.